And I remember uh, standing as a lieutenant and I'm responsible for uh, a few squads of officers that are standing there and I can hear the crowds yelling out, you're brown, you're brown. And they, and they can see my name. So they're calling my name. They're like, Morris, Morris, what are you doing over there? You're brown. You need to be over here with us. You need to be over here with us. You're not blue. You're brown. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. What's going on, fam? Welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast, where we celebrate diversity in U.S. law enforcement. My name is Dale, and I am your master of ceremonies. And whether you're a returning listener or viewer, or this is your first time here, I want to thank you for being here. If you enjoy what I'm doing here on the Black and Blue Podcast, please click those like, subscribe, and bell icons right down here on my YouTube channel. Or if you happen to be listening to me on your favorite podcast platform, please rate the Black and Blue Podcast five stars. And last but certainly not least, make sure you check out the Black and Blue Podcast YouTube channel or their social media pages, excuse me, uh, for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue US. All right, so let me introduce today's guest. He is a captain with the California Highway Patrol. Everybody. Let's give a huge black and blue welcome to Captain Sean Morris. How you doing, sir? I'm, I'm doing very well, Bill. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. How's your day shaping out? That's good. It's good. A little busy, but, uh, but it's good. Yes, we'll talk about definitely how busy you are as a captain up there. Uh, I int- uh, introduced you as a captain with the California Highway Patrol. Uh, we know the California Highway Patrol is all throughout the state of California. So where are you actually? So I am currently in Arcata, California, up near, uh, well, I'm in the county of Humboldt. And so uh, I am the commander of the Humboldt CHP office. So, um, yeah, probably about five hours north of uh, Sacramento. Okay, yeah, so you're way up there, way, way, way up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I interviewed uh, one of the uh, uh, a chief for uh, Humboldt State a little while ago, and uh, that podcast oh. is out. So yeah, so he's yeah he's up there by you, uh, yeah. uh, Anthony Morgan. Yeah, chief. Yes, Morgan, so. yes, yes. All <clears throat> right, so glad to glad to get you on here. So are are you originally from that area? How, how long you been up there? No, so. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get to where I'm from originally, but I've been uh, the commander here for a year and about four months, year four or five months. Okay. Okay. How, how do you like it up there? I, I like it. It's great. Uh, the people are really, really nice. Uh, you know, it's a large geographic area um, population wise, obviously not as big as, you know, like your large metropolitan areas, but 
The people here are really, really nice. I've been welcomed with open arms. It's been a great experience so far for me to be up here uh, as the commander and, and really work with the folks here. I have a great, I have a great staff, uh, great people that I work with, and it's just it's been really good. All right. All right. Love it. Love it. And as the commander up there at, uh, for that Humboldt uh, Station Division, uh, well, why don't, why don't you break down for the audience here? how everything works. So you're a commander of the station or a division or how's that work for you guys? So there are, uh, there are like eight field divisions throughout the state and each of those divisions are commanded by a chief. There are 103 CHP offices across the state. And so th those commands are, th those officers are commanded by either a captain or a lieutenant. Uh, and my, my command here, my station here is, you know, obviously I'm a, a captain, so I'm responsible for all of the law enforcement uh, services provided to the public uh, within CSP jurisdiction here within Humboldt County. Uh, so uh, I would be considered the top law enforcement officer for CHP here. Uh, and I have a staff of about 50 or so folks, 50, 52 people uh, that um, I'm responsible for that provide those law enforcement services to this region. All right. All right. So how, how long you been with the uh, Highway Patrol? Uh, a little over 20 years, a little over 20 all right. years. All right. So let, let's talk a little bit about you and your journey into law enforcement. What, what brought you into this profession and what brought you to the CHP in particular? So, you know, I don't mean to sound cliche, but, you know, I've, I've always known since I was a little kid that, you know, I wanted to be in law enforcement. Uh, and so this is the part where I was telling you where I'm from. So originally I'm from Chicago. Uh, and so I was born and raised there, um, knew since I was a little kid that I wanted to be in law enforcement. And, um, you know, after uh, going to school, uh, I, you know, decided that I was going to enlist in the military. Uh, I enlisted in the United States Marine Corps and um, uh, came out to San Diego for training. Uh, I spent eight years in the Marines. And after transitioning out of the Marine Corps, then uh, uh, pursued a career in law enforcement with the Highway Patrol. Nice, nice. And uh, was your first station down there in San Diego? Or where, where was your first station? Uh, I couldn't get back to San Diego. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> after the after the academy, uh, I went to the Bay Area. So I uh, okay. my first station was in Hayward. And I worked there for a number of years. And really, there was a lot of opportunity uh, working in Hayward. It was a lot of fun working there in the Bay Area. I stayed there for about 14 years and then trans, uh, transferred up to Sacramento. I had actually had an opportunity to work uh, at our academy, uh, which is a great experience, great opportunity as, as a lieutenant. So I spent a few years there, uh, worked at headquarters for about a year. And then had the, the tremendous opportunity to promote to captain and commander up here uh, in Humboldt. All right. And you mentioned that uh, you were born and raised in Chicago. So Chicago is a little yes. different, a little different from California for sure, right? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> you still got people there? I do. I do. Uh, majority of my family is still there. My mom, my sister, aunts, uncles. Uh, but yeah, it's a great town. I need to get back and visit. It's, it's you know, it's been quite a while now so, uh, since I've been back, but, but planning to get back soon to visit. Yeah, so you're fully indoctrinated here in, in the California life, though. You're California yeah. now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. You are California now. All right, all right. But uh, so growing up in, in, in Chicago and being African-American, 
but you said you wanted to, you knew ever since you were young that you wanted to be in law enforcement. Uh, how did you know that? I mean, did you have any experiences uh, with any police officers, with any law enforcement uh, growing up? Was anyone in your family in law enforcement? Yeah, so I had um, uh, a cousin, uh, and he was so much older than I was that we really considered him sort of like an uncle. Uh, but he was uh, with the Chicago Police Department for a very long time. And, and he really had such a positive uh, influence and impact on my life uh, growing up. And I had uncles as well. I had, you know, four, four of my uncles, they uh, served in the military as well. So that's where I sort of had this, you know, this feeling, this, this desire to really service oriented sort of life, you know, do military. And then uh, my other cousin who uh, served with the Chicago Police Department. And I grew up in a, you know, pretty rough neighborhood. It was, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, gangs and, you know, there was drugs and things around. And so, you know, my mom, you know, my mom didn't play that. You know, she made sure that we stayed in school and we did what we were supposed to do. But growing up and seeing that, really, I wanted to give back to my community. I wanted to help. I wanted to be in a position or do a type of job or a career where I could help out. And seeing the things that I saw growing up, you know, I saw, you know, my friends and different things, some of them, uh, you know, they didn't make it, you know, didn't finish school or, you know, kind of got into things that they probably shouldn't have gotten into. And so, you know, kind of had their uh, opportunities cut short. And so me growing up, I wanted to have an opportunity where if I could have a positive effect uh, in some of the communities growing up that these kids would have a chance, you know, and growing up and kind of doing some of the things that they've always dreamed of doing. Right, right. But uh, once you got out the military and you thought you wanted to go into law enforcement, you had no uh, inclination to go back home and, and serve over there? Uh, I like the weather out here. <laughs> for, for real. I mean, they don't call it the Windy City for nothing over no, there. No, no. No, no. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, but saying you like the, the, the weather, I mean, you know, Northern California is nothing like Chicago, but you didn't, uh, you got in that San Diego region, you're like, Oh wow. I really like the San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. California is a great, yeah. California is a great place. I, uh, after coming out here, uh, I just, I fell in love with the state. I, you know, loved San Diego is great. Um, up here is, is nice. You know, it's, it's just, uh, California is nice. I, I, I like California is my home. And, uh, and I did, and I wanted to be in law enforcement and I thought, you know, what, you know, this would be a great opportunity to, to, to get two, two awesome things, live in a great, you know, great area, great state, and then live, you know, or to do what I've always wanted to do, be in law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm down here in Southern California and this, just this area down here is like, you know, where else can you go water ski and snow ski in the same day, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you, you the best go, of both you, worlds, right? Yep, you can go to the ocean, you know, spend a couple hours there and then just drive two more hours east and then you can go up to Big Bear or what have you and then you can go snow ski. So, yes, it's it's pretty pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Yep. Nice. So you're up there in uh, in Humboldt County and uh, you've been up there for a little while now. What's, what's your experience like um, going up there, first of all, as a captain and uh, and your troops, you know, welcoming you up there? Uh, that's a great question. So 
Um, I'm not saying that I thought that I would have a negative time or a negative experience here, but you know, the, you know, it's the, the fear of the unknown. Like you don't know because, you know, and I've never worked in this region before. Um, you know, I've always been, so to speak, a city kid. And so working in the Bay area, you know, large metropolitan area, you know, very diverse. Uh, and so coming up here to Northern California, there were, you know, I was like, well, how would I be received and how, you know, how would I, you know, integrate myself within the community and, you know, within, um, you know, the areas that I work here. And, and it's been quite amazing. Just, just to tell you, people have been very, like I said, welcoming, uh, welcoming me with open arms. And, and it's been, it's been great. Um, uh, a lot of the uh, allied agency stakeholders that I work with, you know, with the sheriff's department and the local police departments here um, with uh, other state agencies, it's just been tremendous. And so, I, I believe that we've been able to do a lot of good work and really provide a lot of uh, really good services for the people here in this region. So I'm very fortunate and, you know, very blessed to have an opportunity to be up here. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, would you would you say it's really rural? I'm, I know you, you, you're a city kid. Is it really, really rural up there where uh, the agencies really depend on each, on each other because you guys are so scarce and few and far between up there? That, that is a great question. Uh, so I will tell you, you want to talk about rural. So literally right next door to my office, there's a pasture and there's cows there. So uh, <laughs> I, I, the first day, the first day that I checked in uh, as commander, I, I drove over to the office and I'm like, wow, I got cows for neighbors. Like, <laughs> and, um, and, and yes, and, and you're also uh, correct in saying this is a very large geographic area. And so we do rely very heavily on, uh, you know, the other allied agencies. So the Humboldt County Sheriff's Department, um, we have a great working relationship with them, as well as Arcata Police Department and Eureka Police Department. So very, uh, very often, oftentimes, uh, any one of those law enforcement officers will be on, say, a traffic stop and we will provide backup for them. They provide backup for us. Uh, if there are any um, uh, serious calls for service, then routinely we respond and we uh, help each other out. And so it's a great working relationship and uh, it's like really like a big family up here. So it's really it's very, very nice in that in that regard. All right. And let, let's talk about your agency in particular. I'm sure we all know. Uh, I'm sure you, you get it all the time. Dun, 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 you know, <laughs> the chips from the from the. Uh, TV show from the seventies and all that. Uh, well, Hey, first of all, let's talk about, have you ever been on a motor? Were, were you ever a motor? Okay. And that is one thing that I, I did not, that I did not do. Uh, so okay. um, I, when I did, I tried, I tried, but just, just not in the cards. So yeah, that, I mean, that's uh, I a tough, say, that's a tough assignment, it, tough school too. It, my hat, my hats off to all of the motor officers out there. Very tough job, very dangerous job. Um, and just, you know, uh, but they do, uh, fantastic work. And so, uh, it's definitely a lot harder than what it looks like. Those guys are cool riding their motors and, uh, yep. but yeah, a lot of hard work in there. So, but, but definitely a lot of skill involved for that. So you have a few in your, in your station? No, not for my station. Uh, we do in Redding, uh, across the, the range over there, uh, the mountain range. Uh, in, in Reading, I know there's a few bikes over there, but um, not too much here in Northern California. Why is that? Just because of the terrain or? I, I think so. The terrain and, you know, the, we just, 
I don't have the the volume of traffic uh, as in okay. like the Bay Area. So, uh, but yeah, but but routinely there's snow, there's inclement weather, yeah. fog, there's all kinds of stuff. So it would make it pretty difficult for uh, motor riders to be up here. Gotcha, gotcha. So what I was originally getting at before I got into the to the motor question was uh, uh, about the California Highway Patrol. Tell everybody a little bit about the the agency, what you guys' mission is, what you guys actually do. Aside well, from what we saw you know, on, on the TV show. Yeah, so so our mission is to provide, you know, obviously our highest level of safety service and security to the people of California. And that's primarily through enforcing the traffic laws uh, throughout the state. Uh, we patrol over 100,000 miles of roadway throughout the state. And as I said before, we have eight field divisions across the state um, uh, to, to make that happen with 103 area offices. Um, we have approximately 7,000 uniformed members of the department. Uh, and, you know, our job is to go out and to really reduce the mileage death rate. Uh, and so we do that through a variety of different things. We have DUI and drug enforcement, speed, uh, speeding, speed enforcement teams. Um, we have air operations and um, all types of uh, different uh, task forces and, and things for us to go out and really uh, affect the driving behaviors, those negative driving behaviors that would cause these traffic collisions so that we can keep the public safe. All right. All right. And do you offer investigative services for any, for any reason? We do. We do. We have investigative services units. It's interesting you brought that up. Uh, part of uh, some of the things that I've done in the department, I was part of our investigative services unit when I worked in Golden Gate Division that's down in the Bay Area. Uh, and so uh, we have a wide variety of different um, services that we offer through that means. We have our, our organized retail uh, theft task force, uh, highway violence task force that we do. We help stop uh, violent crimes that occur on the freeway. Uh, we help out with the, uh, with the organized retail theft. And just recently, uh, kudos to uh, those uh, organized uh, retail theft task forces. Uh, they were able to... Uh, put some bad guys in jail and we're able to recover about $20 million worth of stolen uh, uh, items, uh, you know, uh, in those various jurisdictions. So um, we do uh, a great, uh, you know, great work in that, in that area. And so, um, but yeah, that's things right. that, we, that yeah. we do to help, uh, yeah. help complete that. So, so let me ask, cause I'm sure a lot of the listeners and the viewers want to ask this question, how the CHP gets involved and in, say, you know, retail theft. I, I did a, uh, a few stints as a fed for a while. And, and a lot of that was nexus nexus to crimes that feds that the federal agency, whichever agency I was with at the time um, that they investigate and that they have jurisdiction over. So how is the nexus or what is the nexus that the, the highway patrol would have in, in retail theft? Well, and that's, and that's a great question also. So um, for, for us, the, the highway system, uh, when these criminals will go in, they'll do smash and grabs and they'll do these. I, I, I think there was one story where, and I can't remember in, in, in particularly in what city, uh, but they were able to block the roadways with their cars. They went in, uh, stole, you know, you know, just tons of of, of, uh, of of property and things, and then jumped in their cars and took off. And so, for us, it's an uh, it, it's it would be uh, 
you know, uh, natural for us to be a part of that uh, as they use the freeway system and we can get out there and, and affect traffic stops and look for those things and help out the local law enforcement agencies in their uh, role to really help prevent that crime from occurring. So uh, we definitely have partnership with those agencies to help out with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, there's uh, is there still much of uh, highway interdiction interdiction as far as uh, narcotics? Uh, I was on a task force a while back and we used, uh, you know, a couple uh, CHP canines. I was going to say the, the the slang chippy uh, <laughs> is what we say, chippy canines um, and uh, to, to do a bunch of our stops. And, and, and they were awesome. They were amazing. But, you know, the way the, the drug laws in our state now nowadays you know how it is um do you guys do much of that still we do uh and we have our canine units that are in uh all of our field divisions and they help out the local law enforcement agencies with those types of stops that you mentioned uh in my uh area here in humboldt county um as you can imagine uh, we have a drug task force and uh, one of my officers uh, that's assigned to this area is is actually on that task force. And so he actually came in tonight. I had an opportunity to speak with him uh, and he was just kind of giving me an update on the good work that they're doing. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, methamphetamines, uh, fentanyl and, and all types of, you know, bad drugs that are uh, going up the corridor that that these guys are working really hard and putting these these guys, you know, uh, in jail or uh, making good arrests um, and taking these drugs off the street. Yes. And as you know, uh, the you know the fentanyl, how the the, the how prolific it is and and how it just really affected the community. Um, so the folks in the drug task force here in Humboldt County are working really hard to ensure that they get that stuff off the streets. And so they're doing a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. Absolutely. And another thing that's plaguing, at least here in California, I'm sure around the nation, is catalytic converter thefts. Yeah. How, how is it up there as, as far as cat, uh, cat converter thieves? And what are you guys in the CHP uh, working on doing that? So, uh, is it, it, again, another another great question. So uh, we when I was working in the Bay Area and I was on I was actually a part of uh, the auto theft task force Alameda County. And so we worked really uh, close with the Alameda County Sheriff's Department to sort of curb those types of uh, those types of crimes. And we've had incidences up here. And I actually had a meeting with the uh, with the sheriff not too long ago. And we talked about those types of things. And so definitely it's a partnership uh, with, you know, the, uh, you know, the other local agencies here. And we work really hard. So if the sheriff's department goes out and takes a report, uh, you know, we'll go out and take a report. We help them out. Uh, there's, you know, crime analytics where we're taking a look at, you know, where these things are occurring and, you know, uh, making sure that we're doing good investigative work to try to stop these criminals from doing that. So, yeah. uh, and it's a nuisance, you know, um, you know, depending on the type of vehicle, uh, the victim is out several thousands of dollars to get this yeah. replaced. And it's, it's just, it's been a problem. So we're working really hard in conjunction with the local agencies here to ensure that we, you know, make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. What, what do you think is the, the impetus behind those? Are, are they selling them? Cause I remember uh, a few years back when there was a lot of copper theft going on and they would take them to the recycling centers, right? When they, they would go through, you know, what, wherever they could get the copper, you know, these, these thieves, and they would resell it to the, to the recyclers. But then there was legislation to, to you know, come down on the, on the uh, recyclers, and then it stopped. So if, if there's any legislation down the, down the pike where they're going to 
you know, crack down on whoever's buying these cat converters, maybe some uh, auto uh, part wholesalers or, or I don't know who's buying them, but that's got to be the key to stop it. Right. Right. And, 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 and you're right. It's the, it's the precious metals that are inside those things. And, and I honestly don't know what they do in order to get those things out. I don't know what the process is for that, but that's basically what it boils down to. And, and really it's about education. And I, I agree, right. It's the uh, ensuring that legislation is passed effective leg legislation to, to, to curb that and then education. And then there's the enforcement portion of it. So uh, we all play a role in making sure that we can help to stop that. So, but everybody's got to get involved. Yep. Everybody, or we can all just get electric vehicles. They don't have cat converters anyway. And then <laughs> give me a, yeah, give me a Tesla or something. Man. I'm, I'm yeah, good to go. yeah, no, they're nice cars. Exactly. Yeah, so so long as we don't do them in uh, automated mode, where you know, and sit in the in the back seat like some of those fools have been doing, and uh, yeah, 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 I heard they Gotta just charged one guy that did that did the uh, that big accident where he was in the back seat or on the passenger side and he let it go on automated mode and it caused a big crash and killed some people. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that just recently. So yeah, you mean, you know, you gotta be, gotta be responsible. Gotta be in charge of that vehicle. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I, I noticed, I know that your, your current chief is an African-American female. What's, uh, what's the, the kind of the makeup of, of your agency, uh, you know, you're African-American, your chief's African-American, um, I'm sure you have, you know, plenty of other African-Americans and Latinos and Asians. Uh, is it pretty diverse force workforce you guys have? I think so. Um, I, I think so. I, um, I don't have uh, the, the actual numbers. I, I know, I, I think a long time ago, we put out a prospectus that had what the demographic breakdown was of the department. I, I don't know, but I, but I can tell you that um, that diversity has increased within our department. And I think that's a good thing. Um, I think, you know, we strive to have a workforce that's representative of the community that we serve, and, and that is the state of California. So if you look at the numbers, the breakdown within California demographically, I believe we mirror that pretty closely. So I think we're doing a pretty good job there. There's always room for improvement. I, I, and I think, you know, the bottom line is we're always looking for the best person, you know, to, to help fill our ranks. And so um, but yeah, I, I, I think we're doing a good job in that respect and really proud of Commissioner Ray. Um, she is a fantastic person, great leader for our department and uh, just an honor to have an opportunity to uh, work you know, under her leadership. Yeah. And one day, hopefully I can get her on, on the Black and Blue podcast. So, <laughs> so we'll keep working towards that. We'll keep working towards yeah. that. And uh, so uh, you, you talked about, you know, someone, you know, people, you want the best people to fill your ranks. Uh, how's you guys' uh, ranks right now? Are you are you down a lot of bodies? Are you finding find it hard to, you know, just like every other agency across the nation, uh, hard to find to fill those ranks? Tough, tough time right now. Um, you know, for law enforcement, I think, you know, we are not, um, you know, uh, absent or we're not, you know, spared, you know, the the the, the difficulties in finding uh, you know, qualified folks to fill our ranks. And so, you know, and, and I would tell you that it's a great time now is a great time to be in law enforcement. Um, you know, our academy, I had an opportunity, uh, as I said earlier, to, to work at our academy as a lieutenant for a few years. And I was able to see that we've had really, really good folks that would come through those doors that really wanted a career in law enforcement and they worked really hard so that they can attain the rank of officer and get out there and really serve the people of California. And, and I would say for anyone that's out there that if you've ever had a desire 
uh, that you want to be in law enforcement, that you want to serve your community, that you want to do something bigger, uh, something better, bigger, you know, uh, you know, you had that dream, I would say, come over to the highway patrol, you know, go into one of the local offices, talk to the officers there, um, grab a brochure, uh, take the test, come out. Um, we need really good qualified individuals to be a part of our organization. Um, and you know, that's how we're going to make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk about your, your academy. It's a little different from many local academies in that it's a living academy, right? Yes, it is a living academy. <clears throat> it's about six months long uh, and it's very challenging. Um, you know, we uh, it's a, a it's designed to measure, uh, engage, you know, stress, you know, because we want to see if you're able to handle those types of things, because obviously, you know, inherently this is a stressful job. You know, obviously there's emergency type of incidents that we deal with. Um, but we also want you to be able to think on your feet. So there's a lot of scenarios. There's a lot of scenario based training. There's a lot of classroom training. Uh, there's a lot of time management. You know, you're given, you know, your materials, you're given uh, the items that you need uh, in order to study and you're given a schedule and, you know, and you get out there and there's there's training, there's, you know, classroom training, uh, physical fitness, uh, weapons training, driving, all of those things. There's uh, customs and courtesies and etiquette and all of these different things that we uh, instill in you so that when you get out there uh, as an officer, that you're able to interact with the community, that you're able to problem solve, that you're able to build bridges with the community and law enforcement so that you can be effective and really help you know, people uh, be safe and how they travel to and from you know, their, their work or their home or wherever it is that they're going. All right. But being a living academy, it's not like a boot camp when you're in the Marines where, uh, say, in the middle of the night, you got a DI, a drill instructor, you know, coming through and, and banging trash can lids and, and waking all the recruits up. Is, is, it, is it like that? I mean, no, no, it, okay. it, it's, it's not like that. I, I, I will say that in some respects, it's uh, a bit uh, maybe more challenging than that. Um, and, and only because uh, there is there's a time management element to what you have to do. And so they want you to be able to think on your feet. But no, there's no running in your your dorm rooms in the middle of the night, banging a trash can and waking you up. So they don't do that. They, they, they let you get your sleep. Uh, you're going to need it so because uh, you got a full day ahead of uh, yep. of, of classroom instruction and weapons training and all and driving and all this stuff. So so no, they're not going to do that. But all right, <laughs> I, I just wanted to make that clear for anybody that's thinking about <laughs> CHP and you know saying, well, I don't know about that living academy. I don't want to get yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they do get free time, right? I mean, their free time oh, is their free absolutely. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do get free time. Uh, usually Wednesday Wednesday nights they get uh, free time and they can go off of the academy and go out to, uh, you know, get something to eat or, you know, uh, you know, talk with their with their classmates and different things like that. And then on the weekends, uh, they get uh, time where they can, you know, go home and spend time with their families. Now, um, with the COVID restrictions that are going on right now, those mm -hmm. may have changed. So um, so there may be a, some modifications to those things. But typically, uh, that's what usually happens. But but again, keep in mind with the COVID restrictions that, that we are adhering to those, uh, you know, uh, restrictions and protocols. So we want to keep our trainees and our staff safe. We want to make sure that we maximize the training so that we can get them out there, but adhering to those things. You mean you don't do a driver's training via Zoom or anything? No? 
<laughs> no I think, Zoom training. I think that would be pretty interesting. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Get the VR goggles and the, yeah, hey, that's the way of the future. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, they actually do. I don't. I don't know if they still have them, but we did have simulators, uh, driving simulators, to help uh, the cadets deal with, uh, you know, uh, how to drive in emergency related conditions and and uh, you know for traffic collision uh, type things with the patrol car. So I don't know if they still have them. They were there when I was there as a as as a lieutenant. So uh, maybe they have upgraded that technology. But I do know that they had simulators there. All right. Okay. Yeah. See, see that it, it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. Yeah, it can happen. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the, the family, uh, what's, uh, what's the family like for you there, captain? Well, uh, so I'm a single guy. Uh, okay. so it's, it's easy for me being up good, here. Good, so, good looking uh, single guy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, I can pretty much go, uh, you know, wherever I want, you know, if I'm eligible or eligible to transfer. Uh, but, but yeah, for right now, I really like where I am. It's been a, it's great, you know, great opportunity, like I said, to be here. So it's a lot of fun. What, what do you like doing when you're not working? So uh, I'm a cyclist. I, I rode road cycling and I used to play basketball. I was a big basketball guy. I played in a lot of different, uh, you know, leagues. And uh, when I was in the military, played pretty competitively. Um, but you know, I'm going to have to hang my basketball shoes up cause, uh, I might have to start doing things that have a little less impact on the knees on the knees, uh, yep. so, on the knees, man. So I had to, uh, had to What's move your position? to, uh, cycling. uh, played small forward. Okay. Guard. Yeah. How tall are you? Six, three. Okay. Yeah. It's right around that. Yeah. That's well for, for yeah. us non-professionals, six, three is yeah. <laughs> yeah. for, yeah. for, for NBA yep. that that's a guard, right? Um, yeah, NBA. That's a you're a point guard, you know, all yeah. day long. So, and you better be good. You got handles or uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I so uh, back in the day when I was a lot younger, uh, I used to do all that high flying stuff. I, I lived for that. Uh, but then as I started to get a little bit older, I had to switch the game up and, and move to the outside. Move to the outside. Old man shot. game, old man <laughs> game right? I had to do the old man game. Old yeah. man game. Yeah, but now you now yeah. you cycle a lot. Yeah, I do. Uh, I don't get out as frequently as as I as I used to. Being up here, it's a little it's a little challenging to, to get out. But um, I I still do have a lot of friends in Sacramento, and I actually have some cycling buddies back there. That you know, my plan is when I can get a little bit of time off to go back down and and get out with those guys and and, and ride again. So, uh, but definitely, I got my my trainer in my in my uh, in my apartment up here, so I, I get on that uh, pretty frequently, so I can keep myself you know somewhat in shape yeah 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 it's, it's not a peloton no well no i it's a smart trainer so i have my okay. one of the other bikes that i used to have and, and i put it in there so it actually there's a um uh, there's like a um uh, an app that i get on and then it syncs up with my trainer so it provides resistance so if you're going up you know like a a grade or something like that then the it'll actually uh uh mimic uh, like the uphill grade and, and things like that. So it's, it's actually okay. pretty cool. All right. Yeah. So I, I got to ask because uh, I talked about the earlier about that, that iconic TV show uh, chips. And uh, we would always joke, you know, my buddies when we were kids and all that, that, you know, the uh, John and Ponch, we, we all know John <laughs> and Ponch. 
they would be on you know on a boat one week you know chp boat oh, yeah. and you know, oh, yeah. chp dirt bikes one week and chp horses one week and chp we like what what <laughs> what is the chp talk about that do you guys have actual you know because we're talking about bikes you know maybe you guys have a chp bike team you know um do you guys we, have we different things do. like that do you do, i, I do guess you? true to life true to life chips we've got uh we've got uh bikes so we've got bike squads uh in uh, marin I believe in San Francisco, Oakland, um, we've got uh, a boating, like a boat unit. And I know in Golden Gate Division, so I know we have that. Yeah, okay, explain uh, that. Please aircraft. explain that. Please explain that. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe we have two. I, I have to check the, the, the stats. I know one for sure. I know one is in Golden Gate Division. And when I worked there, uh, I was a, a field lieutenant in Golden Gate Division, and I know the division has has a boat. So, and I know they work pretty frequently. And this was a, w- a while back, but they work pretty frequently with uh, San Francisco uh, Police Department uh, being out on the water. So, um, if there was anything that uh, happened uh, on or about or near either the Golden Gate Bridge or the Bay Bridge, uh, then they would go out on uh, patrols uh, frequently. So. Uh, not too sure what they're doing now. I've been sort of out of the loop with Golden Gate Division for a while, but but I know that we did. We 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 have that. Uh, and and yes, we have bike squads. Uh, you know, uh, at the Capitol, uh, we have a uh, mounted patrol unit or mounted unit at uh, so horses at the Capitol, obviously. So that's for civil disturbance things. And so, um, but yeah, we have quite a, a, a wide variety of different types of things that you can do on this on this job. All right. Absolutely. So, so ladies and gentlemen out there, if you, if you want to get into different things, the, the highway patrols got it all, you know, we would assume they had a, you know, air, air division. You ever, you ever been up in, in one of you guys' choppers? I have, I have. It's quite, uh, it's an amazing experience just to, to be up there. Uh, so it's, it's really, really cool. So yeah, I mean, even if folks uh, have a pilot's license and they're or a pilot or they have a desire that they want to do that, you can come and do that for us too. Um, and, and I also want to mention that uh, in addition to our sworn positions for officers, um, maybe folks want to be a dispatcher and we have a need for those as well. Uh, so if folks want to serve in that capacity as well, I would encourage come come down and and, and be that vital link, you know, uh, on the communication side uh, to, you know, to you'll be that link with the public. You're that first call that they that they in you know, a public dials in on 911 and then you can get that information to a police officer. A CHP officer, and we can get out there, dispatch them, so that we can go out and help those folks. Indeed, indeed. And you mentioned, uh, you know, civil disturbance, and uh, you know, at the Capitol in Sacramento, uh, mm-hmm. you know, taking us back a couple years when when we had a bunch of protests going on. Uh, how did that affect your agency, for one? And then uh, we can we can talk about George Floyd. How that affected you as an African American male, you know, wearing the badge as well. Uh, so, and I was there, so, um, at the time, and this was probably 2020, I believe it was a couple of years ago, uh, I was working out of headquarters. I was the, uh, uh, administrative assistant to one of the chiefs in, in our information management division. So, um, to, to answer your question about how that affects the highway patrol, um, we are the, uh, law enforcement agency, uh, state law enforcement agency. So we're the first ones that are called. Uh, when we, um, or when, you know, we back up the Capitol and uh, do civil disturbance there. So uh, we had uh, uh, special response teams, SRT. I was part of SRT when I was in Golden Gate Division. So, and then, and then we also had uh, uh, mobile field forces. Uh, so we had, oh, 
thousands of, you know, over the course of the duration of those protests, thousands of CHP officers there, um, you know, helping to uh, quell the disturbances and to protect the Capitol and the occupants uh, thereof. So, um, so yeah, it was quite um, uh, just in quite literally an amazing time just to see the number of folks there uh, exercising their First Amendment rights and then our responsibility to help ensure that those rights are protected so that people can, uh, you know, demonstrate and, and, and say, uh, exercise their freedom of speech, but to also make sure that that's being done in an appropriate manner and that no one else's rights were infringed upon and that everything was safe. So uh, quite uh, an amazing time uh, when that occurred. <clears throat> um, to talk about the the other question about uh, as an African American and how that made me feel, um, and and quite honestly, it was it it just it feels like you're stuck between two worlds. And um, I was a lieutenant at the time, and I can remember uh, there was probably about a crowd of a thousand you know folks, and these are young African Americans, and and really there was there's all different types demographically, different different types of folks there, but majority African-American. And I remember uh, standing as a lieutenant and I'm responsible for uh, a few squads of officers that are standing there. And I can hear the crowds yelling out, you're brown, you're brown. And they, and they can see my name. So they're calling my name. They're like, Morris, Morris, what are you doing over there? You're brown. You need to be over here with us. You need to be over here with us. You're not blue, you're brown. And, and, you know, I turn around and I'm looking at the officers that are all standing online and, and I am looking at the crowd and, you know, it was, and they were peaceful. So um, there was no, you know, issue with, with officer safety. But as some of the groups came over toward the fence line, I walked over to them and I, I just, I just had a conversation with them. And, and I said, don't you want me on this side? Don't you want me as, as, a, as an African-American and as a manager in, 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 in the CHP or in law enforcement in general, I have, what better opportunity do you have than me to be able to um, relate to the folks that are working, that I work with about your struggles? You say that your struggle is that you're not understood as, as, as a black person, that you, you know, that law enforcement officers don't understand the struggles that, that you uh, deal with as a, as, as a young black man or as a young black, you know, person in this society. And me as an African-American and having been where you were and having dealt with some of those things and having, you know, been, you know, where I lived, right? What better person than me, right? To be able to uh, explain and, and talk to and help, you know, the law enforcement officers understand what you deal with on a daily basis. And so after having that conversation with them, it was almost like a light just turned on and they really had nothing else to say. And it just really diffused the situation. And it, and that was to me, one of the most, it's the reason that I became, you know, a police officer. It's the reason that I wanted to promote and, and be a, a, you know, a leader in this organization, because th those were the moments that I believed that, that I was doing this job for, right? Th th that was a moment in time that was sort of like this divine intervention or divine connection that I have an opportunity to really talk to these young folks and, tr and try to explain to them, give them a different perspective for them to look at, to say, yeah, I, I get it, I understand. And there's folks, in, you know, you, me, other people, you know, Commissioner Ray, we have those 
opportunities where we can provide a different perspective so that people can understand so that we can make the best decisions, that we can provide the best services to the public so that we can move together, you know, as a community, because we're inextricably linked to the community. We're, we're not separated from it. We're a part of it. And the community has entrusted us. They've given us uh, that uh, responsibility to and that honor to be guardians of the community. They've given us a badge so that we can do that. And so we have an extreme responsibility to help people understand. And when we have a diverse workforce, then we can make better decisions as law enforcement and we can better serve the public. Absolutely. That's that's well said. Couldn't have said it better myself. Consider better myself. So what's uh what what's what's next for uh Captain Morris in the next next five years, let's say. What what what's the future hold for you? Uh, I, I, I think I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Um, like I said, uh, I, it's been quite, uh, a great experience, great ride for me these last 20 years. I, I mean, I, I have a few more years that I can work. Um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I think, you know, as a, as a captain, as a commander, it's, it's, uh, quite an honor, uh, to work alongside, you know, uh, the folks that I work with. Uh, dedicated folks every day. They come, they come to work um, and they have a heart for service. And that is what, uh, you know, gets me up in the morning, gets my engine revving that I get to come to work and work with these, these folks, these really great people. Uh, and, and not just the folks, you know, from my agency or here with the CHP, but like I was saying before, like it's just a big family. And so, um, you know, the, the sheriff's department, the PDs, you know, and it's a labor of love. And so um, for right now, I, I like what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know what the future holds, you know, I mean, but, you know, uh, for right now, this is this is a great opportunity. And I just like to say that, you know, for for my bosses and, you know, the folks down in Sacramento and headquarters, I just thank you. You know, this is a great opportunity. So, <laughs> so you're not hanging it up anytime soon, huh? Uh, no, I think I'll hang around for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit longer. <laughs> a little, little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, with that said, what's what's uh, one of the challenges of being a being a captain for you? Um, uh, that's a good question. I would say um, the probably the you know the information gathering. So you know I have to do I have to get my work done through other people, and so uh, it's you know making sure that um, that I am in a position where I can have really good relationships internally, you know, with my people here and then externally with the allied agency folks that I work with. And so it's really making sure that I develop those relationships so that I can get the, the, the best information, you know, so that I can make a good decision. And, and that's really in essence, what my role as a, as a commander is, is make good decisions. Um, you know, I have, uh, policies and procedures and laws and things that, you know, we have to ensure happens. I have a, basically a business to run here. You got to make sure that, you know, the equipment is taken care of and that budgets are met and, 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 and people are safe in what they're doing and folks are being trained and doing what they're supposed to do. So I think all of that really boils down to having and building good working relationships so that I can get good information so that we can make, you know, make good decisions so that I can make good decisions. All right. Yep. Well said. Well said. Appreciate that. 
All right, Chief, I appreciate you coming on the uh, Black and Blue podcast and, and and giving us all that knowledge about the CHP and to make me want you know, if I was 20 years younger, I would <laughs> Come on over. Come on over. Uh, Come on no, over. no, no. I'm 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 almost ready to pull the cord here. I'm I'm gonna do oh. this full time. Yeah, I'm about ready to to end it. Nice. So yeah, yeah. But uh you are not done yet. Like I told you before, we got a little uh trivia oh, here for trivia. you. Trivia. So uh, right. yes, yeah, so let's <laughs> let's right, get we'll on see. it. We'll see how good yes. Is. Yeah, you good. Uh I got a game for you and this is called uh Black or blue, 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 black or blue. Come on. All right, so this game's called Black and Blue, and your category today, Captain, is perfectly stated, and that means uh, state law enforcement agencies, state law enforcement agencies. So you are, uh, in here in California, you are called the Highway Patrol. Uh, years ago, I'm sure you know, there used to be a uh, state police here in California, right? California State Police, but now they yes. merged with you guys, so now... You are the primary agency in California, but that's not the case everywhere. So I'm going to give you a state and you tell me, do they call their primary agency a highway patrol or state police? Oh, okay. Highway right. patrol or state police. All right. Okay. All, right. All right. So you should be able to get, I'm sure you, you've come in contact or, or, or conferences or something over the years. So <laughs> I'm, <laughs> so we'll I'm scared, man. Works. I'm nervous. All right, here we go. Here's, here's your first, here's your first one here. How about Ohio? Are they called uh, Ohio Highway Patrol or Ohio State Police? I'm going to say Ohio. I'm going to say Highway Patrol. That is correct. They are the Highway Patrol, and that's an actually pretty cool, uh, pretty cool logo there with the with the tire as an yeah, O. And wheels. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty dope. So, all right, you got your first one right. How about uh, New York? Ah, New York has a lot of different state agencies, but I'm going to go with the New York State Police. Oh, yep, got that one right. They are the New York State Police. All right. Here's your next one here. How about Illinois? Um, Illinois State Police. You should know that one, right? <laughs> yes, it is the Illinois State Police. Being from Illinois, how about uh, your next one, Florida? I'm going to go Florida Highway Patrol. They are the Florida Highway Patrol. You breezing right through here, this right through this here, captains. All right, let's see. If we could trip you up here on this next one. How about Missouri? Missouri. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say Missouri State Police. Oh, your first one wrong there. They are the Missouri State uh, Highway Patrol. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. We'll we'll get you back on the on the right side of things here. How about uh, Utah? Uh, Utah, I believe, is the Highway Patrol. They are Highway Patrol. I was looking at that logo. I was like, "What? What's the Beehive? I, I don't get it." <laughs> but I, 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 I should have googled know. that. I guess I should have googled that. Maybe they got a lot of bees in Utah. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. How about uh, New Jersey? Uh, that's New Jersey State Police. I'm pretty sure. Now. They are the New Jersey State Police. Yep. Uh, all right. How about uh, Oklahoma? Ooh. Mm. Oklahoma 50, 50. Highway Patrol. They are the Highway Patrol. Pulled that one out of the hat. All right. A few more here for you. How about uh, your next one, Virginia? Ooh. That's a, hmm. Virginia. 
I think Virginia State Police. Yes, they are. All right. Uh, North Carolina. It's Come cool. on, Cap. North Carolina State Police. Oh, that was another one you got around there. They are the Highway Patrol. And your last one, Wyoming. Ooh, I think they're Highway Patrol. They are Highway Patrol. All right. Yeah, you you got more right than you get wrong, so we're going to call you. We're going to call you the winner. Everybody hands go up. Yes. Yeah. I'll see I, I was you gonna know. say, I, yeah, you're, you're DJ man. I, I, yeah, I love it, man. I love the music. It, that's that's awesome. Awesome. I appreciate appreciate that. All right, Captain. I pre, I, I really love and appreciate you coming on here today. Um, uh, before we get you out of here, how about some words of wisdom for the for the viewers and the listeners? Um, just that uh, you know, life is amazing. Uh, this is a great you know, opportunity again, you know, if you want to be in law enforcement to, you know, really seek that out, come to the highway patrols, what we're looking for. And I just want to say safe travels to everyone there, please, uh, you know, drive safely, uh, make sure that you're not, you know, using your cell phones when you're driving, um, you know, distracted driving is, is a, is a big thing. Uh, make sure that you're watching your speed, make sure that, you know, you're, you know, um, being, uh, you know, using your turn signals, all those things, right. You know, we don't, want you to uh, get into a you know traffic accident or, or anything like that make it safely to where you're going um and again just uh you know thank you for this opportunity to to be on your show it's a, really been a uh, awesome time i appreciate you sir uh safe travels to you and then uh, have fun uh go make some friends out there you got some some cows next to your office so you know go go, go make some friends and uh we'll, we'll see you we'll see you soon all right thanks dale thank you very much man I appreciate you, sir. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black and Blue Podcast. Let's hear it for California Highway Patrol Captain Sean Morris. Hey, I really appreciate all you do and wish you nothing but success up there in Northern California. If you guys out there enjoyed this episode, make sure you give it a thumbs up right here on my YouTube channel. Or share it with your circle on your podcast platform of choice or right here on my YouTube channel. I'll be back in only two short weeks with another fun and fact-filled episode, but till then, y'all know what to do. Stay black in blue. I'll holla at you. This has been a Maitre D Entertainment presentation.